welcome my friends, my fellow listeners, podcast journeyers. What are you up to right now? Are you taking a walk? Are you on a run listening? Are you doing the dishes? Uh, I like to listen to podcasts in my car. Uh, Are you commuting? And uh, welcome to you. Glad, whatever you're doing, glad you're uh, with us. This is episode numero trace. For those of you non-Spanish speakers, that is number three. And uh, this is the Rogue Tabletop Talks. (laughs) I knew I was gonna mess it up. And Jacob shakes his head. Rogue Table Talk Solo Edition. That's a mouthful. We should have thought about the branding before we just tossed it out and went with it. It's kind of like when your friend gets a tattoo of their girlfriend's initials. Uh, it's, it's on there. It's stuck. It's going to be costly and painful to get rid of it. Um, all right. So, and I said solo edition because my comrade in arms, Pastor Mike, little Mikey, as I like to call him, but you can't call him that uh, because, uh, well, for a lot of reasons, uh, Pastor Mike is out of town. So it's just me and you are stuck with my voice. And uh, so we're gonna keep it brief, but brilliant. This is, yeah, <laughs> I've been told to tell you my name. This is Chad. Don't call me Pastor Chad. You can just call me Chad. And uh, excited to be here with you. Brief, but brilliant. Got some wonderful things I'd love to talk about today here on uh, Rogue Table Talk. Um, and it will be a little rogue. I'm gonna let, uh, we're in a series in our church called The Elephants in the Living Room, and I'm going to let the, uh, the message kind of guide you through the bulk of that passage and some of the content. It's about Jacob and Esau, Old Testament story. Uh, there's, there's trickery, deceit, there's injury, there's lies, there's sibling rivalry, uh, there's uh, stealing of a birthright and a blessing, and then there's years and years of distance and silence and bitterness and anger and um and today we're going to be talking about the engine uh that that leads to emancipation and that is forgiveness and i can tell that that phrase rung a bell with you i know you like that the engine that leads to emancipation and that is forgiveness and it's the key that really unlocks Uh, the liberating life flow of the spirit of uh, God's presence within us. And we all have this elephant in the living room. And I I really think this one is almost more like an elephant in the basement, the elephant in the wine cellar. It's uh, it's deep down, um, whether it's um, forgiveness and unforgiveness with a spouse, with an ex-spouse, with a parental figure, uh, with a family member, children, siblings, all of the above, I, I feel like this one uh, lurks uh, very deep below the surface, and often it's uh, it goes undetected uh, because we're just unaware of it. It leaks out uh, in, in in comments. You hear it, you see it. Uh, it leaks out in passive-aggressive comments, sarcasm, frustrations, uh, avoidance. Uh, but it's that elephant that's deep down. And so uh, today, I love to talk about uh, the two choices we get. I want to talk about walls versus borders. I want to talk about paying double. 
And I want to talk about the psychology of forgiveness and uh, really excited to talk about some of these things, especially the psychology of forgiveness. Uh, in my opinion, I don't know if we've done that well in evangelicalism, but what happens? You have two choices. So, uh, you know, Jacob and Esau, the, uh, Jacob is the younger brother, and he uh, deceives his father into giving him the blessing that should have belonged to Esau, the older brother. Esau comes in and realizes that, and there is kind of the core issue. There's the core trespass. There's the core wound. I'm sure there was. I'm sure that was probably just a sample of some of the dysfunction in that family. So again, we all have elephants. There's no shame. There's no embarrassment. There's no, uh, you, we don't get to uniquely suffer. Um, we all get to suffer potentially uniquely, but we don't get to uniquely suffer. And what I mean by that is this isn't just my thing. This is ours and we get to share it as a family of humanity. Uh, and and what, I, what I mean by that, and what I think is important by that to remember is that um, the power of victimization uh, is a very strong power to say, well, you know, I, I can't do anything about that. This is just my thing. No one else knows what it feels like to be like this. No one else knows what it feels like. That, that person said, this and its impact upon me was just unbelievable and i get it it's true to you it's true to your story it is unique to you and yet everyone shares something something like that and we are invited to take agency um, in our responses so uh there's there's the core thing with jacob and esau now we all have something like that maybe it's one instant maybe it's one moment like what is your core trespass someone uh, did this to me it was it was this one specific time and event um, or or it was a lot of little times and little events and looks and remarks and body language or lack thereof and it's built up for me over 10 years. Um, and what do we do with that? And I would say this, you have two choices. When you get injured uh, or when you get wounded, when someone violates your humanity as a person, um, you have two choices. You can, well, there's really three choices. I say two, but here's, here's two helpful choices. You can apply the gospel and then you can move forward. Um, and what I mean by that is you can you can say, you know, God loves me. I don't, uh, I can release this hurt. I can release this pain. I can forgive this person and we can move forward. You can do that. Or you, you can uh, have a conversation. You can schedule um, some type of, hey, we need to meet and talk about this because I can't just move forward. I've tried. I've tried to apply the gospel to my own heart, forgive this person. We're all broken. Um, give them grace. This isn't letting them off the hook, by the way. Uh, there's a difference. Proverbs 19.11 uh, says it's to a man's glory to overlook an offense. And so if we, some people are very sensitive and I understand this, I, I feel like I'm a sensitive person. If we go around telling everyone where they hurt us, <laughs> sensitive people, uh, <laughs> just going to create a lot more tension. 
uh, within us and within others. So sometimes we just apply the gospel and move forward. Uh, but sometimes it's the, oh, I can't just get over this. I can't just let this go. I can't. And how do you know? And I would say this, you know, because you keep having conversations with that person in your head. You're rolling it over and over and over again, and you're playing the scenario out again. And it's like a movie. It's like this movie that lights up with previews and everything and popcorn and soda, and you're watching it play out in your head. And it's in the middle of the night, it's early in the morning, and you get away from it for a while because that's just what we do. And there's a million voices coming our way. So we get distracted. We distract ourselves with work, with other things. But then in the silence, the conversation starts happening again. So that's when you know, okay, I need to have this conversation out loud in some way, shape or form. So you can do that. And when you get hurt or injured, apply the gospel, move forward, or apply the gospel by having a conversation with the person. Now, if you're like me, then our, our, our typical response is, I don't know if I can do either of those. <laughs> what, what the easier thing to do is, and this is where I want to talk about walls versus borders, is I want to build a wall. It's like, uh, it's like an oyster that gets a grain of sand in it, and it's agitating us. And it's that comment that it's agitating you and you can't believe they said it. You don't know why they said it. Uh, you keep playing it out in your head and it's, and, but it's an agitation. And so the wall that we want to build is often like the oyster building a very hard shell around what's tender. It's like that um, wounded animal that puts all of its defenses up and shows its teeth and growls and snarls and says, I've been hurt and here's about five to six to seven things that I feel like I have to do to protect that. And so I get that, that's the instinct, that's gut response. I understand like this is what we do. It's also, um, if I can use this phrase, it's, it's, it's undeveloped, it's unevolved um, spiritual growth. Um, it's, it's, it's going to lock us down. And that's why forgiveness is the engine for emancipation because deep down, uh, we unforgiveness is we're our own worst enemy. We're locking it's, it's some, some people describe it as we are building a prison, uh, only to realize that we're the ones that are behind the bars. Uh, we think we're punishing the other person. We think we're, they're going to pay for this. I'm going to withhold, I'm going to punish, um, I'm going to distance myself, whatever it is. And yet we come to find out that we've been building a wall and we're the one that's trapped in it. And so that's what we can do. And, and a wall is very different from a border. And what I mean by that is this, and, and borders are important. Sometimes uh, full reconciliation, full restoration is not possible and it's not even right for you. It's, it's not healthy. Um, forgiveness is a one-way street. Reconciliation is a two-way street. And often we think I can't forgive them because 
um, you know, they're, they're going to have to own something. They're going to have to move towards me. They're going to, I can't be in relationship with them. Being in relationship with them has uh, actually very little to do with, can I offer forgiveness and unlock whatever's been keeping me stuck, um, deep down. So instead of building a wall, um, often the conversation, maybe, maybe it has to go like this. Hey, what happened? Uh, was very hurtful to me and it impacted me in a deep way and you may never understand that but i i can forgive you and i want to forgive you and yet going forward i don't know if it's best for us to be in close relationship and i think we have full freedom in the scriptures to have those types of conversations and very god honoring to say i don't want to build a wall because that's unloving and you don't know why i'm building a wall Let's talk about that. The anatomy of the wall really quick. Here's why it's unloving because the party who has offended you or injured you probably doesn't know they've done it. Or at the very least, they don't know how it's impacted you. And so you're building up a wall and they don't know about it and it's unloving to you and it's unloving to them so a border is a conversation that's had and it's it's an intentional clear uh boundary is another word uh to you're you're, you're setting a boundary hey want to be loving to you and in order for me to be loving to you i'm gonna have to say i can't be in deep close proximity with you now I don't know what that is. I don't know who that is. Um, uh, those all get messy and unclear and confusing. Obviously, if it's your spouse and you're going forward in relationship, that's, that's, not, that's not the conversation. Um, it's a different conversation. So the goal is to unleash the life-giving, creative, genius flow that you have within you. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what we long for? And so how is forgiveness and unforgiveness um, kind of getting in the way of that. So let me ask you a question. Have you been building walls? Have you been building walls and have you been uh, building up that shell around you? And do you sense, like is there conversations in your head? They just keep getting replayed and keep getting replayed and you just feel stuck and you think, I wish I could just move on and let it go and go forward, but I can't. Every time I see that person, it's the first thing that comes to my mind. Every time we're interacting as a family, it, I feel it in the marrow of my bones. I feel it on my skin. Okay, well, listen to that. What, what are you trying to tell yourself in those moments? And so um, I just say, yeah, invite you to pay attention to where we're building walls, where you're building walls, and what like how can forgiveness as a wrecking ball come in? Uh, no nod to Miley Cyrus in that uh, reference. Uh, how can forgiveness like a wrecking ball come in and break down those walls? All right, because that's the goal, that's the aim. And forgiveness can happen um, without the, any movement from the other person, it really can. Because some of you, um, if we're being honest, some of us, uh, we are going to have to apply forgiveness to someone who's no longer around. Uh, we're going to have to apply forgiveness to a grandparent, to an uncle, to a mom, a dad, to someone who's passed or someone who's moved very far away. 
And that's possible to do that. And that's why forgiveness is a one-way street. Uh, reconciliation is a two-way street, and that's a, that's a goal in the Bible, is that people would live together in harmony and unity. And, and yet, full reconciliation um, can mean uh, that there's not full restoration. We reconciled, I forgave you, you forgave me, and yet we're going to have to go our separate ways. So, two choices, walls versus borders. Um, let me talk about this, too, because I, I heard this a long time ago. Uh, from kind of a, a reconciliation guru, and I, I think it's brilliant, and it's stuck with me ever since, and I've, it's just been like one of those things that's lodged in my uh, brain over time. So I'm hoping to lodge it in yours. <laughs> I'm hoping that it will stick with you and give you um, a paradigm for how this, how this goes. And uh, it, it's basically this. It's paying double. Um, Whenever you are sinned against or whenever I am sinned against and, and just, you know, PS here, we don't have time to talk about if I'm the one who's trespassing, if I'm the one who's uh, trans, you know, overstepping someone's humanity and injuring them, which that's true. That happens. Uh, that's me. That's you. Um, usually I don't, I'm not as aware of it. We're, we're less aware of that as we are how we've been hurt. And so just for our time's sake, uh, we're talking about if I need to offer forgiveness. So, uh, here's, here's the statement. Here's the thing that stuck with me, and it's this. The wounded party always pays double. Isn't that, it's painful, but it's true, and there's, it's beautiful, it's, it's, in a sense, it's good because, uh, because it's true, and the truth will set you free, but not until it's had its way with you. And uh, the truth in that statement uh, just resonates deep within uh, our life experience. The wounded party always pays double. And what that means is that I pay when I get hurt. Uh, I'm the one who, who has been injured. I'm the one who's been hurt. I'm the one who feels it, who uh, it's, it's causing me you know, spiritual, psychological turmoil and upset, whatever that is. And then, um, so there's one payment. I'm paying, I'm paying up front, right up front. I pay for the food <laughs> right when I get to the store. Uh, and then um, if I'm going to apply forgiveness, I have to pay again. Uh, that's what the New Testament is, is, is very clear on, is this is why forgiveness is at simultaneously so incredibly beautiful as a concept and so excruciatingly painful as a practice. I mean, you've been there. You hear stories. Uh, you hear stories of uh, the students that offer forgiveness to the coach. You hear stories of the victims uh, in other countries whose moms or dad were raped or killed by these, uh, these, these governments or this war, and then you hear them offer forgiveness and it brings you to tears um, because it's, it's such a beautiful concept. And yet, when it's me, when it's you, and the invitation is to apply forgiveness, it's so excruciatingly painful and it feels ugly. Uh, because it's an invitation to the cross, and there is a deep ugliness in the cross uh, that is uh, 
working itself out in this moment. And so if we're going to apply forgiveness, <laughs> this is the challenging thing. It actually costs us twice. We have to pay two times up front and at the end. And uh, the good news, the gospel truth in that is this is that we don't have limited resources to do that. Um, it's kind of a cheesy metaphor, but we've been given an unlimited access to a bank, to a heavenly bank account where we don't have to pay out of our own pocket. Uh, we are paying what's already been given to us. And so the, the, the cost of forgiveness have been paid uh, by the grace of, of God on the cross, and we are just simply extending those unlimited resources. If I got to do this in my own strength, I'm in trouble because I don't want to. Uh, it's going to cost me too much. Um, so I'm paying twice on someone else's credit card. Um, so we're just throwing out all, all sorts of different metaphors, analogies, word pictures, uh, pop star references. How's your run going? Are you still tracking? Or is this your cool down? <laughs> Just a few more thoughts, few more thoughts. So uh, you're gonna pay double. So buckle up if, if you wanna apply forgiveness because you're gonna pay double. I think it was, to paraphrase um, C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, like I said, forgiveness is a beautiful concept until you have to do it. Um, and then there's a real cost, a weighed measure to it. All right. Um, last thing that I kind of want to go over here with you is the psychology of forgiveness. Like how, how, and like, what does this look like? What kind of timeline? Uh, and I realize I'm just kind of like dropping things into your lap and I'm expecting them to create like pieces that might fall to the floor and I'm not giving you neat and tidy ways to have these conversations and how do you do this and all that sorts of thing. I'm going to let you figure that out. Uh, I think that's how God works a lot in the Bible is he uh, drops this 30,000 foot view of truth in our lap and it explodes and then we got to use our noggin and figure it out. Um, so people are different and you're different and I'm different and the way you apply it uh, could look very different from me. And so I'm not going to tell you exactly how that works. You need to figure that out. Um, but here's what I want to do. Uh, I want to talk about the psychology of forgiveness. Like, what, is that, what does that actually look like um, in the way going forward? And give me a two-minute rant. I got a two-minute rant. I, uh, I don't think that we have handled the psychology of forgiveness in the most helpful way in conservative evangelicalism. Um, and what I mean by that is this. I think we've taken, when it comes to forgiveness, I hear people say a lot, and it's almost like there's this anxiety underneath the conversation. Uh, there's, a, there's a rush. There's a pressure. Uh, it seems like there's this really short timeline, and the conversation goes something like this. You know, oh, you need to hurry up and forgive them before it's too late. And I, I think the intentions might be fine. I think the, I don't know the intentions, but I think the outcome and the effect upon people, uh, it, it, it's, it's very unhelpful. I think maybe it comes from this place in the church where we want to take a uh, uh, conversion paradigm. Like here's this one moment. Here's this one instance where 
God saved me. God changed my life, like Damascus Road. And I'm talking to Jacob because he's the only one in the room right now and I got to talk to somebody. <laughs> uh, but you're here and I'm talking to you, you 18 listeners out there. Um, I think we take this conversion mentality, like there has to be this one moment of transformation, kind of like Damascus Road, like, oh, look, this is how people get saved. It, it, it's all of a sudden type thing. And there's a whole loads to talk about there. It's different for different people. Uh, but then we take that and we apply it in a lot of different ways. We take that as a template, like, oh, here's this moment of spiritual maturity. Here's this moment when I really grew up. Here's this moment when I, I forgave everyone of everything. And it feels like that is, oh, you're doing it. Like you've done it, like it's over. And wasn't that great? And isn't that liberating? And don't you feel free? And if we're honest, we probably have to take a look in the mirror and say, no, I don't. I don't feel free. Um, I feel like I'm pretending. And maybe we feel like we're pretending because Matthew 18:35 says that we need to forgive our brother and sisters. And here's this genius little phrase, from the heart. From the heart. And I think often what we do is we, when we rush forgiveness, we do it from the head. Oh, okay, fine. Yep, I can list all the things that happened. I can list how I feel about it. And I just got to choose to forgive and boom, done, it's over. And then we wonder why we're still stuck in the same place uh, five years down the road, five months down the road. And so this wonderful phrase that Jesus gives to us uh, from the heart, it means this. It means that when I am going to apply forgiveness, I'm going to have to weigh the impact in my own heart. And it might be, oh, this feels like a three-year process. Oh, this feels like a three-month process. Oh, you know, if it's a friend of mine and they say something and it injures me, maybe it's a you know, three-minute process. If it's a family member and because of all the intimacy and the weight and the emotional freight that goes into those conversations, Oh, gosh, if it's from the heart, this may take a really long time. And I don't quite know how to do this journey. And we were sitting in a teaching team the other day. And one of our campus pastors said, you know, it's probably better to say, uh, yeah, I know I need to forgive that person, but I'm not ready to as opposed to pretending that we've forgiven that person. I think that's true. I think that's true because God doesn't work in the realm of deception. He works in the realm of truth and honesty. And the best thing to say before God is, uh, yeah, I know there's something locking me down. I know there's something choking me out. I can feel it in my spiritual lungs and I'm, I'm suffocating here, but I'm not ready yet. Uh, help me get ready. Uh, let me say it like this. Forgiveness is a journey and 
we just have to get started. That's the invitation. It's can I take a step? And maybe because of the person or the wound or the whatever it is, capital T trauma, this was a huge thing for me. Um, it may take 10, 20, 30, 40 years to keep working this out. Uh, the, the, the foundation, uh, one, one of my favorite teachers put it like this, the foundation of forgiveness needs to be laid. And then we don't know how long it's going to take to build the house, but the foundation needs to be laid. Um, so you have to figure that out. And different people are different. Uh, isn't that a great phrase? It's like so obvious. It's, it's beautiful. Different people are different. And for you, you, this may just be your gift. You may be really good at from the heart, letting go, forgiving, and walking forward. For others of you, you may just have this inclination towards I'm bitter and I, I kind of like nursing it. I kind of like being kind of locked there. It gives me a sense of feeling and it may be really hard for you to apply the psychology of forgiveness, to start building the foundation. But that is, that's the goal. That's the goal for you. That's the goal for me. And uh, we see a little bit of this in the, the meeting in the Bible of Jacob and Esau when they come back together. Um, they, they hug and they embrace and there's tears. It almost reminds me of the prodigal son in Luke 15. They run to each other, they embrace, there's weeping, there's this, oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. There's an emancipating of all of these negative, locked up, hidden, shut in the basement, padlock on, uh, destructive emotions. And there's this releasing, this, ugh, and, 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 and you get the sense of like, oh, now what can I do with life? Now what can I do with my creativity? Now what can I do with my leadership? Now what can I do with my dreaming and my vision casting and my family or my team? Like, oh, what would happen if like those emancipating moments just came bursting forth and I was unlocked? And the elephants came out of the cellar and we, uh, we embraced and tears were shed and conversations were had and life-giving flow of the spirit was opened up and unlocked. And that's the goal. That's the beauty. That's the tragedy. That's the pain. Uh, that is the, uh, you know, one voice podcast speaking into you right now. And, uh, this is, this is the thing. All of that's impossible if it's not for the grace of Jesus. All of that's impossible without his strength and his forgiveness flowing through us. And so I'll, I'll close with this thought. There's a little story in the New Testament, uh, that talks about, um, he who is forgiven greatly offers great forgiveness. And what that means is simply once I reflect upon my own flaws, my own transgressions, my own sins against God and others, and I realize how greatly I've been forgiven and I'm in tune with the impure motives of my heart and how deeply I need forgiveness, 
that may just give me a leg up on getting started on the journey. That may just be the first board laid or the first brick laid in building the house of forgiveness. I'm not done yet, and it may take a long time, but the, the, the journey has begun. And so uh, I, I leave that with you today. Grace and peace, my friends. Thanks for listening. I know you'll be excited to have um, uh, Mikey Mike back on the mic next week. So check out our books, uh, check out our tour coming up in August. Uh, those will be, those dates will be released soon, uh, on the website. Um, none of that is true, but this is a podcast and I was told you got to be podcasty. So I feel like that was real podcasty. Like don't, isn't that what people say? Like, Hey, I got my book coming and you know, special pre-order right now and we're going on tour. (laughs) All right, friends, this is Chad signing off rogue table talks. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.